What's up, what's up, what's up, my L.A. sports fam? It's your boy, L.A. Ray, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. This is episode number 100, C-Note, baby. 100 episodes since I started this podcast last year. Can't believe I made it to this point, but it's because of all of my uh, followers you know, all of you folks that listen to my podcast, I really, really appreciate it. And I will continue to do my best to try to deliver some insight into the NBA, uh, especially, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers, who, by the way, are not participating in these particular playoffs at this point in time. But that's OK. Hey, I'll talk about the teams that are in the playoffs, but really, really quick. Uh, going back to the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, this, this is going to be a long offseason, of course, for both of these teams. There were high expectations at the beginning of the year that just were not fulfilled, especially for the Lakers squad. Uh, in terms of the Clippers, uh, you know, they don't have, you know, the, the, the drama, let's say, that the Lakers have. The Clippers, all they have to do is fine-tune that team, you know, during the summer at a free agent here or there. You know, well, you know, who knows what's going to happen in a draft and things like that. Get yourself a Kawhi Leonard back healthy for the start of next season, which he will be. You'll have a you'll have a healthy Paul George. You'll have a healthy Norman Powell. You know, you still have Reggie Jackson, your Luke Kennards, and you know, Terrence, young Terrence Mann up and coming, you know, Marcus Moore Senior. So the Clippers are not in a precarious situation like the Lakers are. The Lakers are going to have to make some difficult decisions this summer. And, you know, we talk about this all the time, Russell Westbrook. I mean, you know, really what more can you say? It just did not work out with him and the Lakers. But the problem is, you know, if the Lakers want to get rid of him, you know, how are they going to do that? You know, are they going to trade him to someone? He takes two to tango or more or three to tango. If you if you find another trading partner, do some kind of three team trade. You know, Russell Westbrook, I don't I don't know why folks on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. Some fans say, hey, he should just opt out of his contract. He didn't play well. He should just opt out. Really? Would you opt out of a forty seven million dollar contract or whatever it is he has coming for next year? I don't think so. He'll just, you know, he'll, he'd rather be traded. Doesn't matter who he's traded to. I'm not giving up forty seven million dollars. I play for the worst team in the NBA for forty seven million. So that's going to be off the table. And, you know, is there a possible buyout option? I suppose it probably is, you know, but will, you know, would Jeannie Butts cut that check? You know, will he play half the year next year, let's say, to see if things get better? Will he do that? And then at that point, maybe get bought out? Not so sure. So the Lakers have a lot of questions. And at this point, no answers when it comes to Russell Westbrook. So basically all they need to do is weather the storm, weather the storm, figure out what you're going to do with Westbrook and then move on because that experiment just just did not work. Now, you know, you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You still worry about the uh, injury um, situations with Anthony Davis and also the injury situations with LeBron James, for that matter. And, you know, there's been you know a couple of comments, especially from Anthony Davis, when he said, hey, myself and LeBron James, we can come back and make this thing work next year 
you know, add a few pieces here or there or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but he did not mention anything about Russell Westbrook. And then there's been reports. I don't know how true these are. Um, you know, you take the, these reports that you hear on the news and, you know, on the radio and different podcasts and things like that, that the Laker brass are blaming Anthony Davis and LeBron James for getting Russell Westbrook in the fold. Now, if that's the case, you know, LeBron James, he's not the general manager, okay? He can he can make recommendations, of course, and things like that, and they're going to run things by LeBron James and Anthony Davis for that matter. But let's say if they did say, hey, I think if you go out and get a Russell Westbrook, uh, that would be the you know the third wheel on this particular car. It'll make our team a super team. You know, we'll be great if you go out and get this guy. It still has to be signed off by Palenka and, of course, Jeannie Buss has to sign off on that. And if that's the case, and if Rob Palenka signed off on it, and then Jeannie Buss gave her blessing, and it didn't work out, then it's just an organizational decision that was made, but you know, by the organization, including a couple of players, a GM, and an owner, and it just didn't work out. So you really can't put your uh, the blame uh, or the finger on one particular person or two particular people. You know, that was an organizational decision to bring in Russell Westbrook, and it just did not work out. So, you know, count your losses, move on. I'm thinking a trade is the, the most viable possibility you have for Russell Westbrook. But, again, it takes two to tango. You know, who's going to want him in that $47 million salary? You know, maybe a team that's, that's looking to dump some salary. You know, this is Russell Westbrook's last year of that contract. So, you know, maybe that would be – a little bit more appealing to a team to take on Russell Westbrook if that's the case. So having said all that, Lakers and the Clippers are on the sidelines, and but we still have basketball. And that opening clip that you just heard by Florida is going down for real. We are in the second round of the playoffs now, and all the pretenders have gone home, or as Charles Barkley would say, gone fishing. All the pretenders. And I'm going to just do a quick recap of that first round. or talk about like a couple of teams, like the loser Minnesota Timberwolves and, of course, the loser Brooklyn Nets. And then they do a preview on the uh, semifinals of both car- on the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference really, really quick. So let me let me let me just start off with this recap here. I, I mentioned the Brooklyn Nets, of course, and. You know, it's easy to jump on a team when, when they're down. Uh, it's definitely easy to jump on a player when he's down. And we have talked about Ben Simmons at nauseum. And, you know, to the point where I was really tired of talking about the guy. However, however, you just have to bring this up, man. Ben Simmons, you know, after the Brooklyn Nets went down 0-2, and he was asked whether or not he would be playing in game three and he said he didn't think that he would be playing in game three he but he may possibly play in game four so lo and behold what happens what happens the nets they lose game three to the boston celtics who just really really just punked them out i mean they just really, let's just call it like it is. They really punked him out. So the Brooklyn Nets, they lose game three, 109 to 103. So game four, what happens? Oh, my back. My back. 
my back. It almost reminds me of that 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 Friday uh, scene where the guy was at the liquor store and fell on the floor. Ah! Oh, I fall. I'm suing y'all. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. Oh. I mean, come on, Ben Simmons. Back spasms, really? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're really talking about here. You know, what a soft ass player. If I'm if I'm the Brooklyn Nets players, I'm really really upset. It's not like the Brooklyn Nets got blew out in any of these games. They lost game one, one fifteen to one fourteen. They lost game two, one fourteen to one o seven. They lost game three, one o nine and one o three, and game four. 116 to 112. So it's not like they got blew out. And I'm not saying if Ben Simmons would have played that it would have even made a difference because we know damn well he ain't going to shoot the ball. They weren't going to get anything from him offensively, that's for sure. But defensively, he, you know, he could have done some things. He could have provided a spark for that team. But he decided not to play. So this goes all the way back to Philadelphia where, you know, he got called out by Joel Embiid you know, for a, a series of games. Then all of a sudden he said, you know, he wants out of Philadelphia. Then he came up with the, you know, when Philadelphia wasn't going to pay him all that loot, he came up with the mental issue deal. Okay. Then he he gets the trade that he wants to the Brooklyn Nets. So now the mental issue should be gone, right? You wanted away from Joel Embiid. You got away from him. You wanted away from Doc Rivers. You got away from him. You wanted away from the Philadelphia fans. You got away from them. Now, all of a sudden, you get to the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, you still say you have mental issues, even though you left those behind in, 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 in Philadelphia. And I'm not trying to minimize people that have, you know, mental issues, but that was like a self-diagnosis that he said. You know, I don't know if I don't know did any doctor, any mental health physician corroborate that and say that, yes, he has mental issues. I'm not even sure that happened. Okay, now all of a sudden you have the back spasm. So just just a bad situation all the way around. And when next season comes with Brooklyn, you know, who knows? I, I you know, who knows? Is Kyrie Irving even gonna be there? You know, Kevin Durant, as bad as he played, at least he went out there and played. If anyone should have back spasms after the defense that the Celtics put on him, it should be Kevin Durant. I mean, you had Tatum and, and God bless uh, uh Jason Tatum, man rising star if he's not already he's already a superstar in my opinion the guy can play defense he showed everyone he could play defense as well you know then it, you know and if he wasn't on him you know you got Jalen brown on him if he wasn't on him defensive player of the year marcus smart was boston just just manhandled you know in in, in most spots kevin durant and he didn't shoot well kevin durant would say that he did not shoot well except for in that last game where it was just really really over with and then Kyrie, you know, I don't know where he was at, you know, in that whole series. He didn't play all that well either. So, hence the Brooklyn Nets, you know, who also had high expectations just like the L.A. Lakers had. You know, that goes back to the beginning of the season when they had James Harden. And they had that big three. So, that blew up in their face. And they find themselves on the outside looking in. And the other the other series, and by the way, folks, that the um, the uh, voices you heard in the background as I was talking about the Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons was the NFL Draft, one of my favorite times of the year. 
So I had to sound up just a little bit so I can hear some of these picks coming through. I think the L.A. Rams and the uh, L.A. Chargers are going to end up with a very, very good draft. But I digress. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, what a choke of a basketball team. How in the hell can you build a 20-point lead in the first half, blow it, I mean, just totally blow that lead, then build the lead back up to, I think it was 26 points, build it back up over 20 and blow it again. I don't know if I've ever, ever seen that happen. Two different points in the game where you had 20-point leads and blew it. And in a deciding game, game six last night, what happens? Minnesota had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and Memphis just dominated them, outscored them 40-22, to and ended up winning the game 114-106. What a choke job by the Minnesota Timberwolves, and specifically Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Carl Anthony Towns, very, very good basketball player, okay? Talks a lot of trash. You know, got to back it up sometime, kid. Six out of 19, ain't going to cut it. He did have 10 rebounds, four assists. But six out of 19 is not going to cut it. You're an all-star. You're an all-star. Didn't cut it. Anthony Edwards, you know, he played his ass off, 10 out of 24. And and, and I'm still I'm still sure he has like a gimpy knee. But he's still out there balling. 10 out of 24, he led the Timberwolves with 30 points. 30-point effort. McDaniels uh, chipped in with 24. But that they just couldn't pull it off. And, and D'Angelo Russell also did not have a good game. He only shot the ball seven times. He was three out of seven uh, from the floor and scored seven points. So I say all that to say the Minnesota Timberwolves are really a choke artist. They led in most of this series. They had to lead for the most part in all of the games, pretty much, and just flat out blew it. I mean, they had Memphis on the ropes. And, you know, Memphis, you know, too much John Morant. Now, John Morant did not have that great of a game. He was only four out of 14 in the deciding game, but he did have 11 assists and eight rebounds. That kid is not scared to stick his neck in there, man, to get rebounds for a guard like that. Eight rebounds. He ended up with 17 points. Desmond Bain, balling. Nine out of 15, 23 points. Man, you talking about a kid that can shoot, shoot the basketball. Desmond Bain can shoot the damn ball. I mean, he was in three-point shooting contest as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, as well. Dylan Brooks, 9 out of 19, 23 points. Jaron Jackson Jr., 6 out of 15 for 18 points. Now, personally, and I'm going to talk about this in my preview of the semifinals of both conferences, I do not think that the Memphis Grizzlies is going to beat Golden State, but I'll talk about that matchup in a moment. But again, I just wanted to touch on the Minnesota Timberwolves choke artist, Minnesota was 46 and 36. They ended the season with that record. But in the playoffs, they just, you know, the proverbial choke job, man. You can't you can't blow two think about this, folks. Two different 20-point leads in the same game. I'm not saying they had a 20-point lead in in this game and blew it. And then in the following game, they had a 26-point lead and blew it. This was in the same game and blew those leads. So is that a testament to the coach? You know, were players just just choking? Maybe a combination of both. Maybe a combination of both. So with that, before I get to the preview of both semifinals in, in the Eastern and Western Conference, 
Here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NET-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Red Line. That's 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Must be 21 or older in all those states just mentioned. 18 and above in New Hampshire and Wyoming. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 cost required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. All right, all right, all right, my L.A. sports fam. Again, it's your boy L.A. Ray, host of L.A. Courtside, brought to you again by the Basketball Podcast Network. And as you heard, we are sponsored by DraftKings.com. Make sure you sign up for DraftKings.com. Put in promo code TBPN. Start placing your bets on the semifinals in the Eastern and the Western Conference. And for the second segment, I'm going to preview those games briefly, starting with the... Well, let me just name the teams that's in it because, uh, you know, all the pretenders are out. Your Minnesotas, your your Torontos, you know, your Brooklyn Nets and so on and so forth. So let me start. You have Milwaukee at at Boston uh, game one on Sunday tomorrow. That that whole series is just going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Then you have Golden State and Memphis. You have the Philadelphia 76ers in Miami and you have Dallas and the Phoenix Suns. So let's start off with Milwaukee and Boston, which I think is going to be the more interesting of those four playoff series. And I'll tell you what, man, that Boston Celtics team is dynamite. They are dynamite. In the middle of the season, that team was basically playing around 500 basketball. Then they just caught fire in the second half of the season. They just started balling out, man. And I believe they had the best record in the East in the second half of the season. I mean, they're on fire. That team is definitely on fire. And, you know, talk about defense. They have that. Jason Tatum has shown everyone that not only is he a great offensive player, but he can play defense as well. He pretty much, I'm not going to say he shut down Kevin Durant, but he made life pretty miserable for Kevin Durant throughout that series. 
And if Tatum's not on Durant, I mean, hell, they can throw Jalen Brown on him. You know, Durant is, of course, taller than Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown's a tough kid. And then, of course, you got the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, that can also harass uh, or also harassed uh, um, Kevin Durant. And, you know, the rest of that team, you know, Al Horford got that grizzled veteran on that team. And, you know, they got Williams coming off the bench. You know, you got White coming off the bench. You got Pritchard coming off the bench who can uh, shoot the basketball. It's going to be very, very tough for Milwaukee. Very, very tough for Milwaukee. Now, you know, you can't count the Bucks out, of course. They are the reigning NBA champions. And you do have the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But the issue there is, of course, is Chris Middleton is out with a sprained MCL, and he's out indefinitely. And they have replaced him in the a, in a, in a starting lineup with Wes Matthews, formerly of the Lakers, of course. So I do not think, as good as the Bucks are, as good as the Greek Freak is, you know, as good as Bobby Portis has been playing, he's been on fire lately. You know, Drew Holiday, you're going to get what you're going to get from him. I do not think that Milwaukee is going to outlast the Bulls. I'm sorry, not the Bulls. They did outlast the Bulls. They beat the Bulls four games at one. Of course, I mean the Celtics. So in this particular series, I am picking the Boston Celtics to win this series against Milwaukee four games to two. That's right. I said it, the Boston Celtics, they are on fire just that much. They will win this series four games to two against the Milwaukee Bucks, in my humble opinion. Now, on to Golden State and Memphis. This is the one where L.A. Ray has a couple of bucks on there with my, my best friend, Mr. Steve Witcher. He says Memphis is going to outlast Golden State. No way, dude. Absolutely no way. Now, I do like this Grizzlies team, you know, they beat up on the choking Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's good. They have a very, very good young team, of course, led by Ja Morant, who did not play all that well in that final game, by the way. He only scored 17 points on 4-14 shooting. He was 9 of 12 from the free throw line, however. Which, you know you know he's going to get to the basket, and he's going to get a lot of fouls. He had 11 assists and 8 rebounds. So in that sense, you know that part of the game was, was pretty good. But he has to shoot better. He definitely is going to have to shoot better in order for them to beat Golden State with the firepower that Golden State has. You know, Jan Jackson Jr., he's going to have to be more consistent. You know, you got Dylan Brooks. He scored 23 points in that last game, but are you going to expect that every single game from Brooks? You know, Desmond Bain, now that's a shooter for you right there, folks. That kid can jack him up, man. A lot of people don't really – he was in that three-point shooting contest. He was 9 out of 15 from the field in that last game, 5 of 9 from beyond the arc. So Memphis has some firepower. They really, really do. But, however, Golden State, man, they're just, they're just, they're on a different level. Golden State is just, they're just on a different level, man. I mean, everyone knows the firepower that they have at the guard spot. You know, you got Curry. Curry was coming off the bench in the first few games in that particular series that they won against Denver. But now he's back starting again. And he scored in the closeout game 30 points. You know, hell, if he's not on, then you got Klay Thompson to worry about. If he's not on, you got Jordan Poole, who has come out of nowhere. Jordan Poole is making a whole bunch of money for himself, I tell you that much. So if Curry and Thompson are not hitting, you have to worry about Poole. If Poole's not hitting, you have to worry about Wiggins. 
Andrew Wiggins. You know what you know what uh, Draymond's going to give you on the defensive end, and if you leave him open, hell, he can shoot the ball as well. You know, you got you have a young Kuminga that comes off the bench, and then you have a a, a guy in Gary Payton the second, who in that final closeout game in which Golden State won one hundred two to ninety eight, he came off the bench, scored fifteen. So they just have so much firepower. I do not think Memphis is going to, as my my friend thinks. Memphis is going to win this series, and Memphis is young. Golden State has been through the wars. Draymond, Curry, Clay, uh, not necessarily Jordan Poole, but the big three of uh, Thompson, Curry, and Draymond. They've been through the wars. Memphis is a young team, inexperienced in these type of situations. I look for Golden State to win that series four games to two over the Memphis Grizzlies. And then, of course, I can I can boast you know, with my buddy and have him pay me my C note, my hundred bucks. On to the next one. You have Philadelphia in Miami. I tell you what, man, it's over for Philadelphia. Nah, it, it's over. Joel Embiid, of course, he now had, he, not only did he have the uh, torn ligament in his thumb in his shooting hand, now he has a fractured orbital bone, courtesy of an elbow from Pasquale Siakam. Elbow to the chops. He's going to be out in beat. I'm referring to indefinitely. Now, what does that mean? Now you're going to count on, you're going to count on James Harden to carry you through. James Harden. No. Against Miami. It's not going to happen. Sorry, Philly fans. I believe it's all over for you. Now, Philadelphia still has firepower. You know, Tobias Harris, of course, he can fill it up. You know, Tyrese Maxey has had a breakout year. And, um, you know, you got Danny Green over there. But James Harden, you know, he's going to have to be the man. And we know his history in the playoffs, you know, when it gets into crunch time. Now, can he turn that around and carry a team? I, I guess it's possible. I mean, the guy's a great player. But then when the playoff comes, it's different. They need the regular season James Harden. And when I say the regular season, the regular season back when he was with, say, OKC or even with Houston back when he was with them. Okay, if, if they get the playoff James Harden, it's over. And if Joel Embiid does not come back, this is going to be a series that I really, really believe that the 76ers will get swept. They're going to get swept. They're going to get swept by the Miami Heat, and then we're going to hear all the excuses from, uh, from Mr. Doc Rivers. He was the only coach in NBA history to lose three different 3-1 leads. Okay, it's not it's not going to be a contest because Miami, of course, you know, Jimmy Butler is going to be back. You know, Kyle Lowry, they say, may be back. You know, you got Bam out of bio over there. Victor Oladipo, he scored 23 points in the closeout game. And by the way, by the way, Trey Young, dude, come on. Two of 12 or five from beyond the arc for 11 points in that game five. That's not going to cut it, dude. But going back to Miami. I mean, too much firepower. Tyler Hero, 6 out of 12 from the field, 16 points. Too much firepower. Too much, too much firepower. And Miami has a home court advantage. They were the number one seed in the East. I see if, if Joel Embiid does not come back, because we know what he can give you, I see a 4-0 series sweep by the Miami Heat. Now, if Embiid is able to play, which right now they're thinking that he's not, but if he's able to, you know, maybe he has one of those uh, Rip Hamilton mask on. If he plays, Philadelphia may 
may squeak out a couple of games, and it'll be a 4-2 series win by the Miami Heat. If he doesn't play, they're going to get swept. It's, it's that simple. They're, they're going to get swept. And then the last one, of course, you have Dallas at Phoenix. The Dallas Mavericks, you know, really, really good team, of course, led by Luka Doncic. And, but, you know, they also have other nice players on that team. But, you know, if, if Doncic is not hitting, you know, you're not going to get much from Dallas. Uh, Brunson is playing for a nice big contract, too. I mean, he's been pretty much dominant. Scored 24 points in the closeout win against Utah. Utah, by the way, they can say goodbye to Donovan Mitchell. If he's not already uh, demanded a trade, once he becomes a free agent, he's gone. You know, he's not going to play. want to play with that team anymore. Utah is another choke artist type of team. But going back to Dallas, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, a great two-way player. Well, not a great two-way player. Very, very good two-way player. He scored 18 points in the closeout game. And then, you know, they come off the bench with Spencer Dinwiddie, who scored 19 points. So Dallas has a pretty good team. Okay, pretty good. Pretty good. However, <laughs> however, they're going up against the Phoenix Suns. We all know they lost in the finals last year against the Milwaukee Bucks. They have something to prove. They have plenty of firepower themselves. Chris Paul. The floor general, Chris Paul, against the New Orleans Pelicans in the closeout win, the 115 to 109 win over New Orleans. He was 14 to 14 from the field, folks. Perfect. Eight assists, 33 points. Devin Booker is back. You know, he was, he didn't look like the Devin Booker of old, but, you know, I, he's going to get a few extra days rest here. He's going to be uh, all ready to go. He only scored 13 points in the closeout game, but he'll be fine. You know, DeAndre Ayton. He scored 22 points. Mikael Bridges, 18 points. Bridges is playing well. And, of course, they can come off the bench with uh, the two Camerons, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne, Bismarck Biombo, you know, JaVale McGee, Landry Shamit. So Phoenix has something to prove. Now, you know, against Dallas, can Dallas win a couple of games? I guess they can. I mean, I really didn't think New Orleans was going to win, but maybe one game they end up winning two against Phoenix. So I'll give Dallas because Luka Doncic is such a great player. You know, one of these games, he's going to go off for like 40 points or something like that. I give Dallas a couple of games, but Phoenix is going to, you know, in the end, they're going to win four games or two against the Dallas Mavericks. So that is my preview for both conferences and the semifinals for both conferences. And it all starts tomorrow on Sunday. So we will see how it all shakes out. So my L.A. sports fam, I'm going to end it right there. Thanks again for listening to episode number 100. By the way, this episode will also be available on YouTube as well. So tell your friends about L.A. LA Court Sad Podcast. You know, tell, tell them about your boy L.A. Ray. You know, go on to wherever you get your podcast from, whether it be Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get it from, Odyssey, um, Amazon, we're everywhere. You know, subscribe. You know, leave a comment, good or bad. Good or bad, leave a comment. I actually was uh, followed on my Twitter. My Twitter account, by the way, is at LA Courtsat Pod, where you can uh, find me on Twitter. Was followed by uh, Jeannie Bus. And, you know, I told her, I said, hey, I'm, you know, a guy just doing, just a guy doing a podcast. You know, she said, you know, congratulations on your podcast. And, you know, just make sure, you know, when you comment about these teams, Lakers, Clippers, or whoever, good or bad, you know, good or bad, pretty much. And that's exactly what I do. 
you know, I'm unbiased. If the team is not playing well, I'm going to say that. If the team is playing well, I'll say that. You know, I'm not going to be all on the fence. You know, I'm not going to be sucking up to any team, whether it's the Clippers, Lakers, or anybody else. So I call them as I see them, just like Jeannie Buss suggested that I do. So, again, with that, until the next episode, my L.A. sports fam, this is L.A. Ray signing off. Peace.